Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. You might hear a little bit of, um, what is it called? Purring. I have a little kitty near me. So this is a new way that I'm going to share our love messages. It is involving all of that which we talk about. So my 5D mystics and functional adults know we talk about the wholeness of being a human being, which involves our nervous system and our embodied brain. So the ability to keep yourself, your heart, your Purusha Prakriti alive, and your, I think there was one more word that I decided to integrate. Let's see, where, where are you? Humanity. So your humanity can only be if you have returned to wholeness, which all of the updated good trauma experts and mental health experts will let you know it's about an integrated brain. So integration of the brain happens in many different ways, and we're not going to talk about the stuff from the educators in this episode. Again, it's love messages. And with in mind that those who are not able to have a safe home for their first seven years of life will have developmental trauma, so their brain will not have developed in a way that allows the person who owns the brain to enjoy their embodied human being experience, the restorative embodied self. So before they can be able and just feel love, there's a lot of different things that are going to take place if they are smart enough to figure out that they're not a piece of shit and so to get out of the blinders of I'm defective or I'm ashamed of me or whether it's self-loathing, disrespect towards oneself, it all depends. Every person's story is different. But as shared by that lovely lady in my disorganized attachment and dissociative identity disorder course with Daniel Siegel, which I'm finishing up, the lady who is, <clears throat> she's now a therapist and she's healed from DID. And in the different modules where I learn how to support and how to spread the word, hey, DID is real and it's healable too. And we will keep talking about that one. Uh, long story short, as they're talking about how her mind, her brain, excuse me, saved her from the household that was terrifying. She was raped, abused. I don't want to share the whole story. I don't want to, you know, trigger any deep emotions in any person's because I know everybody's different when it comes to these realities in the sense of how you can feel in a, an implicit, we all have implicit memory. And so that can come up for some people. And this is that area where it differs from person to person. So let's keep it on love in an arena that all people can access these messages. But what I'm trying to say is it was spelled out again and again and again throughout my entire courses, all of them trauma, attachment, that a person's brain develops to protect the infant that is in a household. And in this case, DID, there's uh, memory blocks and consciousness blocks or something. There's two memory blockages, which allows the brain to not basically like short circuit is how I'm going to put it. But that also means that the person will live different moments because their parts if organized the way like with her and anyone, because some, it doesn't actually get organized. They completely, I think, don't actually have the ability to continue to exist. But let me put that to the side and just stick to what I'm trying to get, which is as she talked about and he talked together with her, how her brain and her body 
allow her embodied brain because our brain continues with our or our nervous system is what comes first then our brain when you look at how fetus comes it's the spinal cord which is your nervous system and please disengage from adding belief systems and spirituality concepts for anyone who's new listening i've moved beyond them not because of canceling them but moved beyond them means i like to be able to explain your humanity to you that way you can have a core to the best of my pseudoscience ability because i forget data and i integrate a lot of different pieces of information but to understand that you're human requires you to understand your memory when you hear even Sadhguru talking about memory you have implicit memory these are sensations. So every feeling, emotion, anything that arises from your human being body, it means something. Now, you don't have to care to give it importance. I know a lot of people that don't care, in fact, to give any importance at all. And others will consider those of us who are uh, very, very, very sensitive, excessively sensitive right here. Okay, so long story short. Anything that arises from your body has meaning. Doesn't mean you need to understand it. Don't mean you need the story. I'm just saying the emotion, the feeling, it's a memory. Okay, so you don't have to get too deep with it, but this is the part. If every human recognized that they're an emotional being, but some people, they listen to ancient silverbacks who tell them that we're not because they don't understand that sensorial and sensory and memory again not everybody in the mental health community actually believes in updated neurobiology neuroscience attachment researchers trauma researchers so the mass mental health people are still not on board if you ever do any type of therapy make sure it's a good therapist who can hold space for your felt sense of self and so in case you have parts that are fully charged with fear and it's not just fear it's not pure fear, it's an actual different type of fear, because if your home was not safe, yours is terror, because as an infant in your zero first, zero to one year old, your attached panicky was only panicking, because the lifeline, which is your primary caregiver, was a nervous system of a human being who didn't get anyone who was safe with them, and so on and so forth. So others want to use the double and demons, and they want to keep on Use an ancient text. I get to bring to you the human elements. And the way DID is explained, Daniel Siegel was, in this case, explaining the memory barriers and the consciousness barriers, keep the parts separate to keep the child as they're growing up sane within their household. And in this case, the lady who's healed, thanks to Daniel Siegel not labeling her, not giving her any type of nothing just just being there as a safe space i see you i understand your person you're telling me something and in fact he got to know all of her parts and whenever the new part would come up in the at the time when he began being a therapist they were it was called multiple personality disorder now it's called dissociative identity disorder they hope to get it changed to response or adaptive response and i know a lot of people who don't understand how the human being is made, they have a lot to say about compassion-based therapy because they don't believe we're emotional beings because they don't know themselves that they're emotional beings because they, for all we know, have dismissive, the avoidant attachment category, and that means the head is chopped off basically from the body because in their first year of life, 20% of the U.S. population is, dis is a 
avoidant dismissive. And that means that their emotional body was disconnected because that first year of life, they did not get any of the right mode brain feeling stuff with their caregiver, not enough skin-to-skin contact, nervous system that they could regulate safely with in the ventral vagal. So it's, uh, again, an attachment wound here and not the humanity that all can have if instead you have no attachment rupture and instead if you also again so when you stay within the love of your body it's because your ventral vagal nervous system your oxytocin gene hormone turns on because you're being embraced with a nervous system that you can co-regulate with safely i want to add a tidbit before we keep going i'm an identical twin And as I contemplated this, I told my mother, I said, you know, since my twin and I would be put in the same crib, I wonder if we just embraced each other a lot and, you know, just slept near each other. (laughs) So maybe I got a lot of co-regulation safety with my twin because we were both infants of the same exact age and whatnot because my caregiver definitely a person who was, to my, my opinion, gave me a third attunement soothed me when I needed soothing, repaired when there was rupture, and so on and so forth. But by being my twin and I so easygoing and loving, the idea, in my opinion, is that we got to cuddle next to each other. And since cuddling is important because that activates your ventral vagal state and it makes you feel safe, I'm going to say we got used to being safely held, although at a certain point we started fighting like cats and dogs, like any siblings do. But my point is our nervous system in that first year of life was pretty much always gooey, ooey, ooey, okay? So there was not terrifying, and I had another human body, which is the way we learn to, again, self-regulate, but co-regulation is how we can self-regulate. So I got to safely co-regulate with my twin and with my mother, and there you go. And I got lucky, and I kept my humanity and my restored embodied self. So some people are here with their whole three-year-old heart, and others get here and become their whole three-year-old heart, But let me go back to the story of the lady. As Daniel says, how do you feel about your brain? Basically, he was saying it helped you survive in that terrifying household. But somehow, he says, you also didn't lose the infinite plane of possibilities. And any good mental health expert with somatic in the back forth, by the way, and neuroscience and neurobiology and attachment, so the good mental health professionals, they will share with you words of the same kind that you are and your mammalian heritage is about you being able to feel whole. And so that it is your innate, I forget how they pose it, but they just let you know your nature is love, human being. Now, this is new information. Yes, it's new because in the 1990s, there were people who were writing papers and I've read to you the examples of, ah, as long as you don't hit the child with a with a pan, you're you're good because it's all about the genes. So in the 1990s, and I remember being a 90s kid, they thought genes determined everything. And whenever you are growing up, so as a teenager, I was pretty black and white thinking. That's because that's part of our upbringing. We're in duality a lot more because our brain is not yet fully developed because we're learning about life. So it's normal to be not as flexible because you're just learning about life but once you've learned enough about life and you're moving organically through the motions without trust breaks though so you stay in open 
hearted, spontaneous three-year-old, okay? So as long as you stay in this spot, you get to keep on sharing love. And some people, they stayed here, and some people, they got trust breaks for many different reasons. The people who did not get a shot at becoming their own at least decent securely attached and, and i say decent because there's a lot of securely attached who don't know how to unconditionally love but that's because when they got to be teenagers they began i would say life with oh they lied to me oh they betrayed me oh so we have a lot of different types of people out there who talk to you about purusha prakriti they might know it they might not who talk to you about heart and love and being yourself and uh, if they're criticizing humanity they don't know themselves yet because they have a group. If their entire group is not human beings, are not born from devil or, or evil, they don't know yet how humanity is made or they don't believe in the updated and the, this group of, I'll say, this group of subject matter experts. And it's fair and square because we got that other group of subject matter experts and that would be those who deny the very data that these researchers are still conducting research on because it's not set in stone now the Stephen porges polyvagal theory he's still needing to do research to continue building empirical data and so on and so forth so at the end of the day we can accept that there are different opinions although i'd say that any professional or educator in my idea and my human being brain of maria if they want to use that word then they should be open to information versus talk about belief systems what kind of scientists are you you might as well go join the flat earthers if you're going to tell me you don't believe in updated mental health information because it doesn't agree with your agenda and you don't have the adult brain to understand that so on that note as daniel siegel talks to the lady about her brain being able to develop and protect her in her terrifying dangerous household he reminds her in a way, because again, he was her therapist, of how she stayed alive in that home. And he talks about a tree outside her window. And so that's how she never forgot herself. And she kept a lifeline to her mammalian heritage, her nature, and her ability to, at one point, return home to herself and then be a person who says, I want people to know the ID is healable. It's real though and not fake like others will potentially tell you. Also that, um, what was it? She also says that you're not broken, but you're fixable. And what she means is that you can return to a whole brain, an integrated brain, to get through those memory barriers and consciousness blocks. What it took was, I think, seven years but that's where I'd say that the year frame doesn't really matter. However, the process is how much can you handle the emotions that arise and maintain groundedness in your humanity. So she had Daniel Siegel to walk herself through, and he was already an official good whole therapist because he could hold space when her anger part came out or her other charged parts. These were very raw emotions, so he only had to make sure she was safe in a hospital three times throughout their years of therapy. And once she was done, she was done. No more flashbacks. She's participating, again, as a whole therapist. She does family therapy, not anything with DID, but she talked about how she doesn't think she'll have any 
flashbacks in the future uh, and this was as they were talking about how our lovely globe seems to be almost like a toxic terrifying scary family like what she lived where people are so differentiated but in a way that is rigid they don't come together so they create rigidity between each other and that's where we have barriers with you know trying to get the environment to move forward we have people with countries and wanting to maintain their 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 country's name and that's something i've seen too like for me marie i've always been of the world of the globe yes i have american italian culture meaning my heritage my where i'm from that doesn't mean that i am not okay with expanding to the globe i don't feel lost i don't identify though personally with one country and the word one country even sounds ridiculous because how do you disengage from knowing you're a human being of an entire globe when we're in 2023 and you get a telescope and you can see it again flat earthers anyone they make fun of them why are you making fun of the flat earthers a minute you can't understand what it means that a country should be able to get along with another and another and that it's one globe and the water is not infinite and the air is not infinite and that our leaders they they're called these words they really for me maria they shouldn't be leaders anyone who's not bringing world together taking care of the environment and serious business they are people who probably if i met them i'd be like wow let me ask you do you know love i bet you, you i don't think i think you might know the uh no feeling in your body maybe maybe you're you're one of those disconnected you're not from alien species or the devil no you're a person who doesn't have a head that is connected to your body because you didn't get the opportunity or somewhere there's some reason i know i can find it and i ain't gonna say it's evil i'm gonna say you need help because you're disturbed maybe no you know not even you have unhealed trauma you have stuff going on maybe an attachment break you have something that has disconnected you from your three-year-old heart and your humanity not the other way around so the ancient texts give people stories to continue appealing to like the 4d mystics when they talk about your oversoul the stories are appealing to those who want a group and on that note we're going to disengage from people who are in separation consciousness so that i can move into the land of love which is when you are pure piece of purusha prakriti no person is their greatest mistake not even a murderer i've learned a lot throughout my 43 years of life and i've always known how not to cast a stone i recognized when i was casting a stone because i'd been taught the words good and bad from the grown-ups and i took it all and said oh, i'm so shamed i shall never cast a stone again and anarchy it is even though no it's not because of course we don't do anarchy as politics but what i mean is every person should be able to be their self and can be their self if they return to their whole heart their inner child and that is once they get to understand their embodied brain and have enough space to be able and know their story and to self-regulate and we'll be back for part two but again to be oneself involves a functional adult maybe enlightenment soul age group if you want to get there but for sure a person understands that all of us are people and the updated information shows why there is so much separation unfortunately a lot of sadness and suffering but we can come together with love 
and our humanity. So we'll be back shortly if you tune on into the second part for our part two of love messages. Now that we've reviewed, it's all about our humanity, Purusha Prakriti, pure consciousness, pure energy. It's a restorative embodied self-person. That means a individual who has no trauma memory lingering. And that means that you have either healed and all of that somatic stuff. And so your body's sensations, they make sense to you. Example, when I have my panic attacks, although some think that it deals with a lot of things, I'm pretty certain I know if it's related to my human journey, it's the freeze response, still uncharging. For all I know, my zero one-year-old attached panicky is still <laughs> letting go of all this stuff. Plus, they say that even in the womb, we have actually um, implicit, not memory, I forget how they call it, but long story short, what I also uncovered from all of the attachment researchers and people that talk about trauma, like somatic experiencing founder, trademark, this is trademark and the founder, I believe, of the methodology in itself is Peter Levine. And from Peter Levine, and in this case, Daniel Siegel, what I was trying to get to is they both talked about people who are preemies uh, and people have scoliosis, I have scoliosis. So, well, one was scoliosis, Peter Levine, Daniel Siegel, it's about preemies. And really, any somatic therapist has talked about when we are birthed, so when we actually come out of the either vagina or if there's a C-section, it's actually something that interrupts and breaks us from this restored embodied self, from this grace, which it's not grace again because of a belief system. It's a sense of oneness, wholeness. And this is why Daniel Siegel with the therapist lady who healed from DID with him when he says you never lost yourself completely and this window and this tree that he mentions is what was her lifeline to staying lit her purusha prakriti and here's where it gets really sensitive for me to to, to share this aspect because the self of you I connected me Maria the person to you and your first three years of life. And so I can only imagine, again, my freeze response. I know, Maria, I'm a scaredy cat. Fear circuit is all over me. When I felt that pure fear, what was it, last year with the demo that I got to do with Dr. Albert Wong, and I actually felt the uncomfortableness of the trauma memory at the heart. I understood that heartbreak got wrenched, torn apart, that the good therapist talked to me about and I know and understand and then I felt only a sliver of this and I was like whoa I cannot imagine for people who have more of this what it feels like inside their body and this is excruciatingly sad to me to know that people who want to use the words I know about mental health they actually say I'm going to cancel you I'm going to cancel you I'm going to cancel you I'm going to call up you an energy vampire dark aura oh I'm a I'm a mystic I know everything and they go around with that little finger I have a finger too I got it slapped more than once it's bad manners Marina don't shoot you know take down the finger don't point so when you understand in the embodiment of you what a person could feel I can't imagine this is one of the reasons why I will always say I'm a lucky person. It has 
nothing to do with the fact that I grew up with a belief system, although I will always personally be thankful for my upbringing. I honed in on God as the essence of life and love, but it's also because I have a caregiver who never in a million years that I can remember made my body feel in any way, shape, or form terrified, meaning afraid of her in a way that I have understood is quite possible. So whenever any person talks about human beings in general, I need to turn away. I learned how not to be rigid in that place, Kali, because of being told to mind my own business again and again and again. And it's a good thing I got to learn to grow up. But as a grown-up, I can tell any person who asks, but the people who really want to know who we are, because people will ask who you are, but they will think they know who you are, that's a very different question when they're asking you who you are, but they assume to know you, and you will always notice who actually assumes to know how you work, because they're trying to read your mind without even knowing it. You already know what they're doing, and you don't even care, meaning the person who knows on the other end that they're making assumptions, and they're strategizing, and they're observing, and they're... This is one of the reasons why for a 5D mystic, even without knowing it, I was always a mystic. Um, you can't actually do something that would shock a person like me. I would be shocked, but not necessarily too much. And the only one time in my life I was quote-unquote shocked, and I wasn't shocked. It's because of the illusion that I had been under due to 4d people only talking about our souls and our oversouls as family and i have a very specific way i am with family and that is you're a shit no you're a shit fuck you fuck you no i said fuck you first and i'm serious when i say there's nobody who's getting any hurt feelings my family so this is the only reason that i had this moment was because of that and really it's also by the way explainable and I was able to explain it to myself once I had enough in my back pocket on how humans relate to relationships and that will be that if you don't know safe co-regulation there's something missing in your life and so if you cannot safely co-regulate you did not learn not only how to self-regulate safely within your body and to know that love and intimacy are the most amazing thing within you but you will also not know how to feel very gooey ooey ooey and still forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever in infinity and beyond with another human being and knowing that they will love you no matter what you might share with them no matter what nightmare story you think you have no matter what horrible thing you think you may have done no matter how, just there's so many different ways I can break it down, how people don't believe they're lovable. And that's that shame defectiveness button, that compulsive thief from the Zen master story is not a thief, even though I don't know if Sadhguru's figured it out because he likes to remain uneducated, but also he's a spirituality guru, so he's not busy learning about being human. He's busy learning how to tell you how to be able and access your lovely human being embodied brain. In fact, everything that's yoga related, putting the stories to the side, puts your ventral vagal nervous system into exercise, and then it allows your prefrontal cortex to grow, your corpus callosum to grow, that connects your left and right mode, your hippocampus to grow, that's your memory center, 
your connectome to grow. That's what you need in order for your brain to move towards integration. So for different parts to come together, they will link, but in order for them to link and join, you need to process all of that charge stuff, the sensations. So everything that comes up from our body has its reason in the lifetime of now. And if you heard the episode that I shared with you a couple of days ago, where I told you that today's a special day and that I would be sharing with you a couple more episodes because of the special day, it is you will know about the Bezel van der Kolk talk of what he wishes to leave behind as his legacy. And, and I will be sure to honor Bezel van der Kolk's information to the best of my ability, Daniel Siegel's. Stephen Porges says, I won't always remember their names or to mention everyone, but I am here thanks to those people. Yes, my resources, Jesus, let me not forget you. But unfortunately, philosophy only goes so far for the human being mind. And I do say, unfortunately, blessed are those who believe without seeing. These words get contorted and misused again and again and again. And I personally have been tired about it my whole life. So I'm very fond of sciences and I'm pseudoscience lady for a reason. Love is something that is explainable now. And so people can learn about it if they want to access who they are for real. And it doesn't make it any less beautiful for me personally. It makes it more magical because now I know science is magic that works and even if i might not be taken seriously it doesn't matter because that's where our humanity is headed i'm not needed in fact none of us technically are needed uh in the sense of we don't need each other we need air water and food we need to learn how to self-regulate and some people don't learn how to self-regulate because they don't learn how to safely co-regulate so some people learn to stick to relationships from the midline of their brain, and that means they stare in a person's eye, they feel terror, and then they go along their life excogitating how to study people and do a lot of other stuff. And lo and behold, you got people who think they can manipulate, and they might be able to manipulate a person, quote-unquote, such as myself, as I've discussed with one of my close friends, but we won't be sad about it too long. We might be a little sad, but we won't really be sad too long because we'll be able to say, wow, like a grown-up, they're different than I am. They like different things or whatever it is. Whoever it is, however it is, we won't sit there and pout. They didn't take anything away from us. Our life is there, our, our ability to make money. I mean, here's the part. If you, if you steal money from me, if you steal, if you, if you want to try and, I don't know, spread rumors about me, taint my, whatever it is, there's so many different Stories I hear people talking about when they say, they betrayed me, they're a liar, they're horrible, human in nature. It's like, okay, uh, we did go into the plane of not knowing how to handle ourselves. That's because we were ignorant. And now you're all ignorant for not knowing that our human nature is love. How about that? <laughs> so ignorance is part of our journey because we don't know everything. It's very straightforward. The only people who want to shame humanity on it are the same people who have not moved out of their compulsive thief stuff. Their defectiveness. So they're all used to codependent type shit. They want to be martyrs, superiors, or blamers of themselves, of others. They have a guilty conscience for no other reason except for they have a shame, defectiveness, heartbreak, gut wrench, and it's not just nothing. So their body screams human suffering. It's hell. They can get out of it with a good therapist. So it's not about devil, demon, or temptation. No, no. Humanly speaking, when it comes to the huge globe, I know a lot of people think of conspiracies. I'm going to put that to the side. I can't prove or disprove any of it. 
What I can share with you is from my political science background, I have known for quite some time about corruption, and I have known for quite some time how subjective adjective taint pictures, and I have known for quite some time how a bunch of people, not just authoritarians of whatever political side you may not like, a con people, oh, let me tell you how many people get conned every day because I can see a silverback when I see one and I can follow all of their followers and look at the herd. Oh, there they are, there they are. I can pinpoint them if you ask me. Not that I would ever want that challenge because it's a boring one because that would mean that you're an adaptive child who needs to prove something to me and I am not trying to prove something. I actually already have visibility on it. So a person who sees beyond knows what's important. What's important in the forefront is not what we need to prove to people who don't believe no no there's no need for that consciousness is energy and your body is a beautiful beautiful source of energy and your mind is yours and your brain is yours and if you learn how to get an integrated brain you might just learn how to be amazed by your own mind it's the infinite higher human consciousness potential experience purusha prakriti it's beautiful when you move beyond spirituality into the enlightenment soul age group the human way it's really awesome and being a 5d mystic awesome again so our oversoul awesomeness awesome sauce we don't do the dark night of the soul the ego death and all of those little pity parties that the 4d has to say because while we're going through our experience which is called life and sharing love with our loved ones we're consciously aware that we're taking a leap of faith i trust you i unconditionally love you i tell you who i am i'm transparent i'm honest i'm straightforward that's it I brought to you who I am. You bring to me who you are. I will see you and I will see exactly how you want to build our relationship. And that's good enough for me. So when people do other stuff behind the doors, it's only theirs because it's their mind, not ours. And we don't actually read minds. We read energy. It's two different things. So when I'm picking up on people, I can only feel potentially the heartbreak and the anger and the very 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 sad 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 it's very very deep in fact it's not even funny when i think about moments of where it's not my stuff even though obviously it is my stuff that's where we're one big ball of energy so the part about being a mystic for 5d plane not 4d we do not uh, in any way shape or form feel like we have been done some kind of uh, what is it disservice nor do we feel that we are somehow special and have superpowers of course we can tease and have fun with our friends but there's no superpowers nope i have emotions and a nervous system is what i use to harness those emotions and so do you so love is actually when you can sit and be gooey ooey ooey inside and then sit with other people and continue being gooey ooey ooey when we pick up on other energies if you've moved into the whole humanity of you you're good you're like wow how amazing because you're present you're tuning so you're not thinking from the bottom up you're not thinking from the top down you're present and with people whatever's going behind their closed doors is for them to handle and we just enjoy the moment together and that's why they can't take something they're not extracting joy from us we're sharing joy with them again we need air water and food to actually physically live we do need to learn or we can learn to co-regulate safely the people who don't actually learn that they're not actually co-regulating it's a very sad they do hyper vigilance 
they do hyperreactivity. They don't feel. They stay in their attachment insecurity or their disorganized attachment. And then they potentially stay with their charged parts. They don't know half of what life is yet because they can do all the yoga they want if they don't know why they can't get close to someone or a group or whatever it is. There's many different ways. They, they won't know about who they are. They don't use their name. But that's for those who, again, they, they want to be with a shiny object. I'm special because I do yoga. I'm special because I do the trending topic of what is it, the breath work stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm special because I do only the ventral vagal stuff. Oh, I'm special. I do the somatic and the, uh, what is it, holistic stuff. Oh, I'm special again. So when you feel special for embarking on a journey and doing something professionally or as a person that cares about humanity, does anybody not notice? Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, see me, see me. We all have a zero one-year-old. The minute you can see you, yeah, I'm doing what I love in life. It's cool. Nothing special, but it's not not special. It's just cool. It's good. I, I want to make, of course, I'm happy that I can share. It's not self-serving in the way that it might seem, but of course it's self-serving. I have a self. It's called Maria. I'm, I'm, I have an ego. It makes me happy. It doesn't give me meaning in life. No, meaning means I can wake up and breathe. There's a lot of things that give me meaning. Really, it's my own brain that gives me meaning. Uh, I get to choose if I'm going to cherish a time with somebody who, yeah, I might not agree with them, but I'm still around them. They might be pinpointing me like crazy and who knows doing what, but I'm still going to enjoy that moment. Why? Because I chose so from my brain. It's called Maria. Oh, I forgot. It's an integrated brain with a restored embodied self. Oh, I forgot again. I know how to self-regulate even when I'm having a panic attack while I'm around someone who might harass the fuck out of me because I'm having a panic attack, for example, just examples. So however, I bring it forth, human way, enlightenment, very straightforward. I try to use many different languages and many different subject matters to help explore and expand on why Purusha Prakriti is you, human 101, being able to be a person who enjoys life just the way you are and enjoys people just the way they are because when it comes to envy jealousy gossiping behind your back a lot of whatever others that makes me think of teenagers but now that i'm a grown-up and know about trauma i'm like wow a lot of people that need a good therapist they don't know who they are yet it's so sad they can't live open-hearted three-year-old relationships not as a three-year-old the implicit memory, please. I know one day someone's going to be like, oh, she said three-year-old. Implicit memory. <laughs> implicit memory, please, please. There's Krishna Lila. That's our three-year-old. Open-hearted and spontaneous. So we actually are not seeing ever when we're interacting with another person what's behind the scenes. Sometimes I have loved ones. They come and give me an earful and I listen, I make sure to listen so that I can try and figure out if I want to take the information, if I need to, if there's something important. And actually, there are moments where I remember, I'm reminded. Uh, I was reminded when I did this one thing by one of my close friends, just because of the way they said it. I was like, fuck, you're right. I totally forgot about how I could be mocked in that way. Not that again, a person who does what they do because they care, but still. It's important for our messages. So in this case, when we do Akashic record readings or tarot readings is something important that gets used well, not, not disrespected. 
And so while it's good for people to make fun of us because we're woo-woo, we don't appreciate if someone were to mock something that is actually a channeled guidance. It's, it just feels really like no. <laughs> so that's why, because it's something sacred. And then again, uh, there's also no need to be concerned with it either. Because again, it's, it doesn't matter either way. What you know is we always learn from each other. So when people do things that are shaming or embarrassing or, you know, gossip is not a big deal, but I know some people feel really guilty and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's something that can happen. It happens. If you learn from anything, you usually learn to actually take it like a grown-up. And what I'm going to say is you clear your conscious. So when people really feel bad about something that they've done, which they've hidden, they say it, they speak it to you. I have had a couple people, they've shared stuff like that with me. And they still continue with their unresolved trauma mannerisms. But even so, the fact that they've shared some stuff shows that they've grown within themselves in some ways. They could grow more if they saw themselves as a human instead of do spiritual bypass. But hey, they got clairs, so you know they're special and whatnot. <laughs> and there you go. Okay, so love messages. When you love each other, you know we all fuck up. We all have things we might be embarrassed about and so on and so forth, but you don't react to it like we are in the medieval times where they actually are going to hang you, at least not some of us. Luckily, we don't fear that. We don't have that in our systems, in our political systems. I know people make a big deal about a lot of things, and I know all of it is important, but prioritizing air, water, and food is what is important in this moment in time for as much as people like to use conspiracy theories and all of that stuff, staying grounded in reality is not hard for those of us who care about making a difference in the day-to-day. -day. It's not about groups. Our group is called humanity, and it's a globe. So the love messages that you can impart to each other is just to be understanding. When somebody is nasty, they don't know love. They don't. That doesn't mean you need to be friends. I'm sharing, be understanding of what trauma is, attachment wounds, and simply put, one, put yourself to the side, of course, but take the opportunity to put into practice your purusha prakriti, pure consciousness, is unconditional love. It's you learning how to regulate your nervous system. Learn to regulate your nervous system in the presence of someone who doesn't know how to regulate theirs. Prakriti, your energy levels, that's again your nervous system and you being able to harness it. Learn how to harness all of those basic emotions. Some people, it's very straightforward. You don't have the hypervigilant reactive nervous system of a person who was abused or neglected or had, again, personal development trauma, who had some shit go down in their life. If you can harness your emotions like a grown-up, harness them and learn to be a grown-up with them as a human being who understands what the updated information is sharing with us about people. And here's where the dissociative identity disorder part, I need to revisit one aspect that I was trying to get to you all because Daniel Siegel explains this little thing that the person this lady who's healed now and then another patient that he had dead with her eyes and how it happened okay and how it went down and the minute he shared that with me I still need to watch a documentary is the minute that I thought one of when people think that we get 
possessed by demons, which instead Patrick McNamara has shown there's a fear receptor in our brain, it breaks, da-da-da. So remember also that when we're sleeping, our religious self and our reorganizing of ourself involves anything that we will have. So ancient texts have existed for years. They describe a bunch of shit. Then there's movies. And just go and watch a movie and fill your head with a bunch of other shit. And there you go. So lo and behold, the mechanism is straightforward. As a mystic, I know the plane of, of the mind's eye again, but I also understand what I'm explained by the neuroscience individuals and how your brain will work how my brain works your mind can make sense of things based on what you consume whatever you consume the words the images okay so all of that will contribute to how you will reorganize disparate ideas as well as your actual sense of self if you are going through reorganization the flicker of the eyes that he talks about before the part of a person comes in that has did and there's memory barriers, and there's consciousness barriers. This is not fantasy land. This is the way the brain works to protect the infant who is being overwhelmed in a household, and then year after year, in those first seven years of life, they're actually being terrified, terrified, terrified. The nervous system is like, it's like a machine. It will not hold, rightly so, all of those emotions. It has to compartmentalize, and then it needs to create separations between the parts so that they don't know about each other because none of them are actually matured i would say that it so makes sense if you care about knowing how a human being is made even though i'm not the expert in neuroscience but i'm explaining it in a very raw and that's why pseudoscience lady way but it makes sense when you're contemplating it because you're visualizing it and then you're understanding that these charged parts are actually our childhood charge parts are zero and one year old are three to seven can you imagine being a one-year-old i've got a faintest idea of it because i have had moments of that coming up it's freaky <laughs> meaning wow i have no words to explain the sensations that are coming up okay like that's where it is there's no words because our first year of life only the right mode of the brain is online so like i said while it's great to think of magic in the absence of the science stuff science is explaining how our brain works how our embodied brain works, excuse me. So that nervous system and brain and then your mind. Knowing all of it begins with what comes up must go down. Now what comes up is what you will want to translate and you will want to know one. You can only translate it if your prefrontal cortex is locked in and loaded, not alert, alert, alert. <laughs> if you're reactive, it's alert, alert, alert. And you've already brought forth the child charge part, if you will. If you're locked in and loaded, you're like, wait a minute, let me calm down. I have emotions going on. Let me be at ease. I will, uh, you know, take it step by step. And then you begin using your words to speak to the person or group. Or So there's two different stories here. Those who can love from within easily are able to gather, collect their nervous system and speak words to another human being who's reactive, not the other way around. The ones who think that they're not reactive, but they're using their midline and they're obsessively trying to figure everything out and they're planning and strategizing, but in a way of studying the territory, that is going to be felt because that is where you are calculating based on not trusting yourself or the person or the situation. You're trying to plan something out as if you're in need of say, safety. Uh, it's a very different way. And then back to the the charge parts that I was trying to talk about for a minute. The flicker of the eyes, I'm betting you it has something to do with the neural receptors and how they fire and wire and how the brain works for a person, of course. 
So when you process in a safe space, as she did, the lady who healed, those parts year after year after year, it took them, I forget how long, once the parts know of each other, but that's where it needs to happen organically with a safe space. At that point, the parts know each other, and then she began her journey to become her higher self-adult. Okay, so some people have this two or three layer, if you will. Others, we don't have that. I organically have uncharged and grown up with my charged parts. And when my three-year-old comes up, it's with my mother, my twin, or, yeah, it doesn't come out with other people. Other people get my twin, get my <laughs> uh, teenage self. They get my uh, rigid teenage ventral vagal tone, which I'm working on, just for example. Okay, so we all have the ability to understand what comes up if we have a good relationship with our body. And that would already be an indication that you're more likely a securely attached person than not, one, and that you can handle. If you can handle it with self-compassion and compassion towards the external, there's your Purusha Prakriti beginning. You can move into being yourself easily because you can uncharge your younger charge parts and then you can continue expanding with your oversoul. And if you have any challenge taking care of yourself with all of those basic needs, but also with excessively drinking or doing fucking or doing drugs or any, that's not a positive sign. That means self-soothing in a way that uses substances because there's something in your stomach that might be longing for something. There's your zero one-year-old, which most likely than not didn't attach safely or securely. So you can go and understand with EMDR, child parts work or IFS, internal family system and somatics, you get a hold of yourself or attachment categories and attachment styles and trauma research are the good ones. But those three modalities make you know they're a good one because they're updated with the information, not the ones who will tell you, you need to be fixed, you're broken. You're not broken, you're a whole person. However, if your three-year-old is a broken heart because there was not the ability to safely attach, there's a defectiveness shame that you want to get to the bottom of and that's where you melt that compulsive thief, but it's not a thief. It's a compulsive, I'm defective. That's step one. No, you're not. You're flawed and perfect like all of us. We're all love and humans, but you might have to learn how to do that with your own body first to self-regulate in your ventral vagal state. Your next step is, can I learn to safely co-regulate? And that probably is a very scary thing for those who don't have secure attachment and who don't have the ability because of their past to know healthy relationships, but that's their leap of faith. So some people have come to enlightenment the human way from here, of, and again, put all the pieces, they're not a full story, they're giving you different examples of why a human is a human, and that's the complexity of every person, but no one's broken. They're all a beautiful, beautiful person. If they don't know it yet, the only way they're gonna know it is when they are looked at from the eyes of someone who says, you're whole, you're beautiful, be yourself. Yes, you're flawed and imperfect. So am I. Fuck you. Fuck you. Shit. You're shit. No, no. Okay. But that you can keep on moving forward in the stillness and in the silence in eyes that love each other because we are not afraid. You're not a physical threat to me. I'm not a physical threat to you. And I choose to emotionally be vulnerable with you and you choose. And then there's the trust part and you keep me safe and you keep my emotions safe and I keep you safe and I keep your emotions safe. And you grow independent, safe haven, secure based relationships, which does mean integrity. And so if I cry with you and I share something with you and you then go and mock me or do something, I will learn a data point and I will learn that I'm not 
safe with you, but not because you're a bad person, mean, no, because you don't know what just happened. You, you don't know that you just showed me a data point that you don't care about how I feel. You showed me compassionless person. It's not about us sharing. We all will have at times shared things that we will have said, ah, we won't share it. Okay, let's, let's, I'm not even going to bother saying it's not true. It's true. We all have shared those secrets that we're not supposed to share. And I say supposed to, and it feels to me very childish, but I know some people, they really care about it. So I will say I'm in that boat. I've made mistakes. And when people and I chit chat, we always make it a point to say, keep it secret, keep it secret. I know maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Because I've accepted that the unknown is what all people are. But really what it is, is that in their moment of vulnerability, I have not seen people choose to be loving to each other in their moment of stressful nervous system response. I have seen people become their three-year-old with a not very whole loving heart because they did not get held and did not learn to stay in a space of open-hearted and to learn what it means when you're sharing a heart with another person. They never got the opportunity though. So I did, which means I can hold a space for them. So I don't have to hold a, you're unforgiven. No, you're not needing forgiveness. You're a person. I'm a person. It's cool, whatever. I didn't die. I'm physically alive. No big deal. We're not in the medieval times. Slap me with a glove and a duel. No, I don't want to go back to the silverbacks. Thank you. Okay, so loving each other is knowing we all can fuck up, is knowing we can end up with people in our lives that we will continue to grow with as well as with others. I continue to grow with all people, but some I can be vulnerable with and emotional with and others not as much. That's all. And it doesn't change the relationship. That's just how much of ourselves do we get to share with each other. It all depends how safe our thoughts and emotions are with each other. Because that's what we are at the end of the day. Really, when we come together, we socialize and share laughs and smiles. We don't do anything of any existential consequence. The existential consequence is we go vote, we can recycle, we go and try to see what we can do to support the environment, food, all of that. That's existential. Friendships and relationships are all about love and having a good time together. And a good time means love and joy and also having the ability to recognize how much we care about sharing more time together because if you do want to spend more time with each other, that's also an indication of accepting each other for who you are and wanting more. So on that note, I'm going to leave you. We'll have more of these episodes. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions and if I left you hanging, one, it's what I do. I leave people hanging all the time with the stories, but please reach out. I'll try to remember what I was saying <laughs> and close some loops. But I hope that instead uh, it's all come full circle and I send you my love and I wish you a wonderful day.